0: me pathways to god's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that i can bring honor to his name lord even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness fear will never conquer me for you already have you remain close to me and lead me through it all the way your authority is my strength and my peace the comfort of your love takes away my fear I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me, and his luxurious love, his tracks, take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss, that's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The. Con-
1: Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're watching online, we're so glad that you're tuned into this. We just are so excited about the goodness of God and what God has planned and in store for us this year. Father, we are so grateful and thankful that you are a good God. You have all the power, all the might, everything we need, want, and desire. And Lord, we look to you as you are the author and the finisher of our faith so lord we invite you here this morning for you to have your way and do what you need to do in jesus name amen let's worship the lord together. together
2: today let's
3: see our children and their children and their children's children being blessed come on taking over the earth just like jesus
2: asked us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature come on you announce to the atmosphere you announce to the world that the fruit of your loins the fruit of your womb Bring forth much fruit on this earth. Your spiritual children and your natural children, they will bring forth much fruit on this earth. Come on. Let's declare it in this place this morning. We've already declared that this is holy ground. This is the place where God can tell us things. This is the place where God can change our mindset and establish a new direction for our generations. And whatever have tried to block in your generation that it comes to nothing in the name of Jesus Father we just speak over our generation we speak over our lineage in the name of Jesus in this house today and those to the sound of my voice that it is finished that Jesus is overcome that we are victorious that we can reap the harvest our children work for the kingdom of God, that they will never go astray. They will always follow the straight and narrow way, the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you, Lord, for providing a way for us. We speak into the future. We speak into the now in the name of Jesus. Come on, speak for your own family. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Us. Oh, we put a big old man on the blessings that you have for us all. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Oh, we worship you in this house.
3: Come on, when you come to church and worship, you're worshiping for the next generation. Think about what Abraham did.
2: Think about what Isaac did. Think about what David did. They worshipped God. Every time he made a covenant with them, they worshipped him. They sealed it for generations to come. We're still benefiting from what they have done. And what Jesus did. Oh, we thank you in this house, Lord, for how great you are. for Every provision you've made for us to protect us to keep us in your covenant. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. I could to a free, man. With the truth that you love me as your own. And I am not alone. I commit to God's protection. Fear will never be a protector for us. Fear gives bad counsel. Fear has nothing good to say about God and his word. Fear cannot bring healing, but our protector does. Oh, we worship you in this house. We worship you in this house, Lord. You are the great protector, the great provider, the one who loves us the most than anyone else. And we receive from you in this place today. And we offer up our love to you, Lord. We offer up our dedication to you. We offer up our mind and our hearts to you. Father, we are vessels to be utilized for your service. We thank you, Lord. your graciousness of how well you treat your children. We worship you in this household. the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah, Lord. i God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Glory to God. God inhabits our praises. Hallelujah. His presence is here. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we magnify you. Lord, we lift you up. We look to you. We trust in you. We walk with you. We live for you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Glory to your holy name. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, sometimes you just got to press in. Press in.
4: Press in. Press in with your praise. Lift Him up. Press in with your
1: voice. Lift your voice up to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is a spiritual exercise where we can freely express our love to God for who He is and what He does. Hallelujah. We have the glory and the privilege and the freedom of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, the name above every name. At your name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That you are Lord. You alone are God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. You're so good, you are greatly to be praised. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Oh, amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you're going to get caught up in anything, get caught up in praise. Father, we thank you for being here with us, leading, guiding, and directing us. But Lord, we also thank you that you speak to us and we have ears to hear what you say to us. Just like I sent my angel to stir the waters, I'm stirring the waters for you today. I'm stirring them. You get in those waters by faith. They will change you. They will touch you. They will refresh you. They will fill you. They will satisfy you. So get in. Get in. Get in the moving of my water. Get in the moving of my spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Are you getting in? Say, I'm getting in. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated if you can. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a wonderful job? You appreciate their faithfulness. Hallelujah. We serve a good, good God. And now we have our new confession. If you want God's results, speak his words.
3: I want to give a tip on worship. Yes. Okay. Uh, When you worship... My dad preached a message, he preached it here too, a long time ago, but he preached it here too, and he was saying, what do you visualize when you're praying? What should you have in your mind when you're praying? And he went to Revelation chapter 4, so that's what you can do, go to Revelation chapter 4, and in Revelation chapter 4, it describes what the throne room looks like. It describes how God is sitting on the throne, what is before him, the angels that are around, the sea that is so calm it looks like glass, you know, the rainbow, the colors of the rainbow. And it describes all those things. And if you are having a hard time, you know, when you're worshiping, if your mind is all over the place, um, this is a good thing to do when you're worshiping or when you're praying is just get yourself seeing heaven. And that's, we want to worship in the third heavens. We don't want to worship from here, the flesh. We don't want to worship from the second heavens, which is where the principalities and all your enemies are hanging out. You want to go past there. And you want to go to the third heavens because you want your singing, your voice, your worship to go to God Almighty. And so this is a good visual for you to have, is to see where you're sending your praise. Amen. So that could be something you do this week. Just get out Revelation chapter four and read it through and start deciding. It depends who you are. God created us all with different imaginations, different things. You know, you might be more interested in the in the um, the structure of the throne room. You know, well, this is there and that's there and this is there. Somebody may be more interested in all the colors that's being described or all the people that the Bible says are there. So this is how you can get your, from the first note that we play and we start singing, you can get there just from that's where you're heading. You see what I'm saying? Because you never want your worship to just be here or be stuck in the second heavens. You want it to be up where you're sending it. Amen? I think we have a pretty good handle on it, but this is a great process. That sermon last week was so good where she showed the process. Of how you can know, learn how to hear God's voice. Well, this is a process of how you can get right there and worship God right away. So, because we never really teach this stuff, so we just know it and we do it. So I just want to give you that little tip. (laughs) That you, uh, start, you start getting in there and we'll see this place explode. Because God, imagine God responding to each of us plus to the atmosphere we're creating. Isn't that awesome? And don't buy the lie that You know, I'm just not emotional. Trust me. When you start focusing on what you're seeing up there, you're going to say all kinds of stuff. You don't even, can't even, yeah. Amen? Amen. And I felt like today when we were singing the last song, Reckless Love, about the lies, that some people just need to shake off lies. Mm -hmm. Like, do a physical act of just shaking that junk off of you. Uh, you know, you're surrounded by it all the time. It depends where you are. Even if yes. it's not pertaining to you, it's just a lie that's spoken in the atmosphere that you have heard. You need to shake it off. It came off the news. If it came off your coworkers, if it came off of the doctor's report, if it came off of wherever, some advertisement you saw, you know, that's saying you can be who you want to be because you want to, you know, all that nonsense. So, uh, shake it off. You know, Amen. Do that this week. Just go shaking all over the place. I shake that off. It's if, just an action to respond to what God's saying to us.
1: If Paul can shake off a snake, yeah. you can shake off a lie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.
3: All right. I'm right now.
1: <laughs> all right. We want to invite you to make this confession with us. It's a brand new one. Brand so new you confession. You probably have to follow up, but let's make our confession. We, we ask, ask our God, God the, the glorious, glorious Father of Jesus... Of Jesus
4: for spiritual wisdom and insight, that we may grow in our knowledge of God. We know the Father through Jesus,
2: and we are deepening
4: our intimacy with Him.
2: We believe God's light is opening our
4: imagination
3: and understanding so we can know what He has called us to do. We believe that we can benefit from His
4: rich and glorious inheritance in us,
5: And we are learning how to
1: function
4: in his immeasurable, unlimited,
1: and surpassing
3: power that works
1: in us because we believe.
3: Works in us because we believe. We believe that we can function in the same mighty power
4: that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that makes Jesus far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. We are his body. We are made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. We are victorious overcomers and reign as kings in this life Through His grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere.
3: We activate God's Word to go into
4: all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, We We are are inheriting inheriting God's promises promises and and experiencing their benefits. benefits.
5: Amen. 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 Good morning. It's good to see each one of you here. Okay, for announcements today. Tuesday, January 18th is Air Force, our youth group meeting starting at 6 p.m. We continue the sale of coffee and we have added some jams and jellies. I used to call them all the same thing, but jam has pieces of fruit in it and jelly is smooth. Just has like the juice. So they're back there for you to look at and um, pick which one you like. There's a jam and there's a jelly because I like options. Okay. And we are raising funds for us, the youth group, to go to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, for their 50th camp meeting. Yeah, so that's good. Six o'clock. We meet from six to eight for youth on Tuesday. And then Wednesday night refreshing, that starts at 630. You want to be here for that and experience the refreshing of the Lord. And then this Friday is Woven. We're at the third Friday of the month. Woven starts at 6. We start with a light meal and um, a word of teaching from Pastor Fiona. So that's for the ladies. Women of victory enjoying new life. And men, your time for the month is next Saturday. You're the last Saturday of the month. And this month has five Saturdays, so you're just going to wait one extra week in January. But you have, um, it's not really waiting an extra week because the first was a Saturday, so you're all good. But I know that uh, big plans are being made as you come back from your break since October, the men's conference. So it's a a new year, a new start, and that's January 29th at 8.30 a.m. You guys do the breakfast. Because you wake up hungry. Okay. And I want to share a short testimony of God's goodness in my life. Um, while we were worshiping, the Lord just kept showing me picture after picture of people in the Bible who heard an instruction. They heard the Lord's voice or they saw the Lord doing something. And then they took a step of action. So, for instance, Moses saw the burning bush, and then he stepped towards it. He didn't just walk past it. And Peter called out to, he said, is that you, Jesus, on the water? And when he answered, then he took a step towards, towards the instruction, towards the voice. And um, Ruth, she had the opportunity to um, hear about God through her family, and then when her husband died and and her mother-in-law decided to leave her country, she had heard the voice of God. She took the step to follow, to go closer to where the God of Israel, the God of her mother-in-law lived. And so he just kept showing me, like Joshua, he saw Moses' relationship with God and, and how they talked to each other. And he took took the step of staying longer at the tabernacle when Moses would leave. He would just stay there and continue listening to the voice. And then he's the one that ended up taking Israel into uh, the children of Israel into the promised land. So I wonder like he was getting instructions for something God knew was going to happen but he didn't know. And so there's been many times I've been given instructions just by hearing God's voice and I've learned I just need to take a step of action towards that. And um, I usually don't ha- know where, why, or where, or what. I just know God's voice. And I know that I need to do a step of action. So one thing was going further in my education and getting my master's degree. And that wasn't anything I had ever thought of doing. And I had tried to do the requirements to enter into this the college I went to and the online math just was not working for me. So I was just at the point where, you know, well, I've tried my best (laughs) and this is not working. I'm not being able to meet the requirements of the admissions because I haven't done education since way back after high school, so... And so I had to update my education. Well, then when this uh, thing came into our life and changed everything in the world, the, the university contacted me and said, we changed our admission process in order to shorten the, the cost and the time. We're going to go by your last record of your GPA. So they went all the way back to my college years, and my GPA was high enough because back then it was good, and that encouraged me. <laughs> it's still in there, right? And they said, you're automatically accepted based on your GPA. So I didn't have to do all those requirements I was trying to do online. But that was just at the moment where I, I had said, well, I've tried over and over. I even had tutors and I was, all this, but just the setup was not working for me. And I just said, I'm not, I'm not, I, I've tried and it's not working. So I was ready, this close, to just put that back on the shelf and say, God, I tried. And, and then he came through with that and said, look, <laughs> look, you accept accepted. And so At that moment, I could have said no, because it had been over a year that I tried. But I said yes. And I started right away. And then my mother-in-law moved in with me, which I didn't know was going to be something that happened. But she would sit with me, and I talk out loud when I learned, which is probably part of the problem with online learning because I don't get a response. <laughs> and she would she would encourage me. She's like, you can do this. I know you can do this. And so she was a blessing to me in that way of cheering me on as I started the online process of going back to school. Of course, my husband always encourages me. And so I just was so focused on what I was doing to get this assignment done that it came upon me suddenly. Wednesday night I got a text. I wasn't expecting to hear that I completed my studies that soon. And this explosion just exploded in me. And so I want to testify that God saw me through each step of the way. And I have completed my master's degree in educational studies. Yay! So whatever God is, has spoken to you or you've seen, and it's in you, a dream, a vision, an idea, a, a thought, like I wonder if, yes. Ask the Holy Spirit, what step do I take? And step by step, one day you'll be like me, and you'll cross the finish line before you know it, and you'll be so shocked, you'll be jumping for joy. So, God bless you.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, Nelson and Nadine, they're our youth pastors, and they're doing a phenomenal job. You know, I like the ship of the youth group. Amen? They, they, uh, they take initiative, right? And they think out of the box, and uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing, so uh, you can keep supporting it. And really, the coffee is amazing. If you drink coffee, uh, I do, and so uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, before we dismiss the kids this morning, I want to uh, just share with you something from Genesis chapter 14. How many can trust God to make you rich? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to say it with a resounding Yes. Will God make you rich? And the answer is yes, he will. All right? And uh, I just want to read one one verse in Genesis 13, okay, and verse 2. All right? Genesis 13, verse 2, it says, Abram was what? Very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. That's in your Bible, right? That's the inspired word of God. How did Abraham get rich? He got rich because of the blessing of the Lord. All right. Now let's go to Genesis 14. And uh starting with verse uh 17. Genesis 14, 17. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him. This is Abram. After his return from the slaughter of Chedolamur, and of the kings that were with him in the valley of Shavah, which is the king's dale, or the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the most high God which has delivered, into, has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Everybody say tithes. How many people did Abraham have? 318. Plus whoever Mamre uh, and his uh, allies were. I don't know how many they had. But with 318 men plus whatever else, Abraham defeated five kings, right? And five kings are going to have more than 318 people, right? Five kings are going to have armies, right? Because they were attacking four other kings, right? So you're going to have a lot of people. So God gave Abraham the victory into his hand. Everybody put out your hand. Say, I'm ready for my victory. You can put it right here. Right? God put the victory into his hands. Okay? So then, the king of Sodom said, you know, he greeted him, and then Melchizedek, this high priest of God. And he comes out, they have communion. Okay? And Abraham, Abram gives him a tithe of all, all the goods that he got from the battle. All the work that he just did. Right? He didn't give him a tithe of some. Now, a tithe is a tenth. In t- it's, uh, it's actually 10%, okay? So you go out this week and you work, or someone gives you money. Anything that comes into your hand, God, how did Abraham know to give a tithe? There wasn't anything recorded, because Moses wrote the book of Genesis. How did Abraham know? He just knew God. And he knew that when God blesses you, God gets a portion of that blessing, so the blessing can continue. Yes. How many want the blessing to continue? Yes. Okay? So, Abraham gave a tithe of all, alright? And uh, verse 21, And the king of Sodom said, "Abram, give me the persons, and you take the goods for yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord. In other words, I'm in covenant with God. How many covenant people do we have here today? You have a covenant with God. Right? And uh, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the Possessor of heaven and earth. I will not take from a thread, even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. God didn't, I mean, Abraham did not trust men to make him rich. He trusted God to make him rich. And he trusted in the blessing to make him rich. Amen? The blessing is an empowerment. So when you're giving today, don't shortchange God because he'll never shortchange you. And anything that you give to God, he'll receive it and he'll multiply it. Amen? So, Father, I am so grateful and thankful For the givers of VCF, Lord, you have given us great, incredible, and wonderful givers, and they give into your kingdom, and Lord, I thank you that they are blessed of you, they are favored of you, they are protected by you, they are provided for by you, and they are prospered by you in the name of Jesus. And, of course, if you're here, you can give any time during the service. Our seed container is here or there. Give through the bookstore. If you're watching online, you can go to our website and give that way. And I'll tell you what, God will take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, kids, kids live, kids living in faith every day. We want to dismiss you. Have a good class. Be anointed and blessed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We so appreciate our teachers and uh, our volunteers who help in all uh, ways of the kids. Amen. You know, um, it's important to minister to the next generation. And uh, hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you're here this morning. You have come hungry. Amen. You've come expecting. Amen. You've come ready to participate, yes. right? You're ready to move as the Lord moves. Yes. Amen? Amen. And uh, this morning we're going to continue talking about being kingdom-minded, but today we're going to get rid of the old stuff so that we can bring in the new stuff. Yes. How, how many has ever uh, cleared out a room because you wanted to do something different in that room. First of all, you got to clear the junk out. Right? right? So today, we're going to focus on the perils of an unrenewed mind. We're going to show you why it's important to renew your mind, because if you don't, you put yourself in danger. Yeah. Right? right? And um I read an article um, and they they referenced this thing called heart math. I was re- I was looking up the correlation between the heart and the brain, and uh, I forget who who wrote this article, but uh, they said the heart is in a constant two way dialogue with the brain. Now the brain is not your mind. The brain is the flesh uh, thing that controls the functions of the body, but the mind is the spiritual side of the brain. OK, so the heart is in constant two way communication with your brain and our emotions change the signals the brain sends to the heart and how the heart responds in complex ways. All right. Now, our heart communicates with the brain four ways. Neurologically, through the nervous system. Right. Biochemically, through the hormones. Right. Uh, Biophysically through pressure waves and energetically through electromagnetic fields. All right? And uh, research shows that messages the heart sends the brain also affects your performance or your behavior. Okay? The heart's electrical field, now I'm just referencing this article is up to a hundred times greater in amplitude than the electrical activity generated by the brain. And you can measure it on the body. It's called the EKG, electrocardiogram, right? They put those little diodes on your body, and it measures the electrical impulses, okay? And uh, so they said this, being thankful instead of selfish is better for you than for others. Being thankful do you know the Bible is ahead of its time? Yes. Amen. And uh, they said this uh, in other heart facts. The heart is the first organ to appear and starts pumping before you have blood. Wow. And the heart has over 50,000 independent neurons. And if you're in the medical field, you can fact check me. <laughs> All right. But how many know that what happens in your heart affects your mind, which affects your life? So if you're constantly thinking, think about this for a minute. How many has ever known someone whose mind was made up? Right? You ever hear someone say, my mind's made up? Did they do what their mind was made up to do? Is it easy to convince someone whose mind is made up? Once your mind is made up, That's it. You're going to act on whatever your mind is made up on. Right? Right. I heard someone say this. People's minds are like concrete. Thoroughly mixed up and permanently set. (laughs) (laughs) So with God's help, I'm going to bring out the negative side of not renewing our minds so that it can prepare us for next week when we renew our minds. Amen? Because in the series, you got to take your time, and you got to get into these things. And uh, how many has ever heard R.C. Sproul or read any of his books? He was a great uh, Christian um, philosopher, and uh, he was a pastor. He had a ministry called the Air Ministries. And um, he said this, he said that uh, man suffered some very ill effects after the fall on his mind. All right? The faculty, this is what he said the faculty of thinking with which we reason has been seriously disturbed and corrupted by the fall. You are si- if you're sitting next to someone, you are sitting next to someone who's disturbed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. and our our natural unregenerate state there's something wrong with that kind of mind mm-hmm. all right see now that you're you you're born again, right. so your mind is 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 on the man right. amen yes. you have the peace of God and you're not disturbed praise god and uh so a mind sin will corrupt the mind, okay and the only way to override the corruption from sin is to renew our minds. All right? Let's look at Romans 12, 2 for just a moment. All right? Romans 12, 2. We'll look at this, and then we'll get into the word for today. Amen? Are you with me? Are you ready? Okay. With God's help, God's going to bring out some things. Amen? Just like he always does. Hallelujah. Romans 12, We'll actually read verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, the way that you prove God's will is perfect is by actually doing it. When you do what God said, you'll find out that what He said was perfect. Amen? Amen. So, God wants us to be kingdom minded. All right? That means we got to think like kings in His kingdom. You know, we got to have kingdom relationships, kingdom finances, right? Kingdom results, kingdom victories. We got to think like kings. For far too long, we don't think like kings because of the fall. And, and we were exposed to negative information day in, day out, year in, year out until we got born again. And basically the world was programming us. Yeah. The influence of the world. Cause what you hear a lot begins to take root in your life. Amen. And so he told us that we gotta change that by renewing our minds. Renewing our minds is a process that begins when you're born again and goes on until you go to heaven. You will, as long as you're on this earth breathing God's air, you will have to renew your mind every day. It's not something that you can let go. It's not something that you can stop. It's not something that you can just quit. You've got to be active renewing your minds. Amen? Amen. And that's the only way to change bad behavior. You know, if you're you're not kingdom-minded, what kind of mind do you have? What are you thinking about? What are you talking about? How are you behaving? You're behaving like whatever influences you. Amen? Amen. That's true. You can say it. You can say oh me too. Yeah. Right? right? Do you have a worldly mind? A flesh-oriented mind? A sense-ruled mind? What kind of mind do you have? If you're not kingdom-minded, your heart will become hardened. And I'm going to talk to you today about, you know, a heart becomes hard because of what the mind is set on. What your mind is set on greatly affects the condition of your heart. Because your mind is the go-between between your soul and your spirit. Now, your mind is part of your soul. Your mind is your mind, will, and your emotions, right? Your soul, right? But so... You 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 have to, things have to go through your mind to get into your heart, right, or your spirit, right? Your mind is like the, the gatekeeper of information, isn't it? I mean, you had to learn how to read, right, before you could read. You had to learn how to speak before you could speak, right? And those are all functions of the mind, okay? And uh, we have to understand something about sin. Sin is bad. Okay. Sin is bad. It it sin enslaves its victims. It divides you from God. It shames you. It'll lead you down a wrong path and then it'll shame you for going there. Okay? This is what sin does. It alienates you. It depresses you, it steals and destroys you and it eventually kills you. It cuts you off from the life of God. It separates you from his revelation. If you don't have God's revelation, you're not going to have the divine answers that you need to give you the success in life. Amen? So, look at Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Jeremiah chapter 4, starting with verse 1. He is prophesying to Israel, and he said, If you return, O Israel, says the Lord, if you return to me. Did you know the natural mind does not seek God? The natural mind can't even receive the things from God, let alone seek God. Amen? So he's talking to his people, return to me. Right? He said... If you will put away your detestable things and remove your man-made gods from my sight and not stray or waver. Verse 2. If you swear uh, as the Lord lives in truth, justice, and righteousness. Truth, justice, and righteousness is how we to live in the kingdom of God. We, When man fell, he fell from truth, justice, and righteousness. And he exposed the world to evil. He gave con Oh my goodness, man gave control to Satan over the world. Yeah. Satan had no control, he had no influence until man gave it to him. When we sin, we are relinquishing control of our lives over to the devil. Ooh. Okay, let's read on. Uh then the nations will bless themselves in him, and in him they will glory. Verse 3. This is what the Lord says to the men of Judah and to Jerusalem. Plow your uncultivated ground. That's talking about break up the hard ground. You know, when you plow, you've got to break ground. Today we're going to break some ground. Right? We're going to break up some fallow ground. Some, we're going to get rid of some stinking thinking. Amen? And you're going to be better off for it. Well, I don't have stinking thinking. Yes, we all do. Because at one point you were not born again. And now you're born again. And we still got some residue. Come on. If we didn't have residue, God wouldn't, our minds would be automatically renewed once we're born again. But God told us that we have to renew our minds. Our minds did not get born again. Neither did our bodies. Have you found that your body has cravings? Yes. And it's never satisfied? Yes. Oh no. If you let your bodies go, they will go. Yes.
6: They will. like, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> our bodies have to be controlled. They have to be Paul says, I put my body under. And our minds have to be renewed. And if we don't renew our minds, we won't control our bodies and we'll live short of what God wants us to live. Yes. We'll experience not the full the fullness of what we could have. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. So we're going to break up some fallow ground. Yes. Right? I got a plow, it's called the Bible. Yes. I got the plowman called the Holy Spirit. Yes. He's my rototiller. Yes. You know, he's going to break up. We're going to break up some ground today. Amen. Why? Because if we don't break up the ground, we're going to be unable to receive the seed. If we don't break up the ground, the ground's going to remain hard and the seed will not get to where it needs to go and it won't grow. If we don't break up hard ground, we're going to we're going to remain where we are and and nothing's going to change. God, God is a God of change. Why well, I don't like you. Well, God does. He's a creator. I mean, Jesus never healed anybody the same way. He healed people all kinds of different ways. Why? He did what the Holy Spirit told him to do in that moment. Amen? Say, I'm breaking up some hard ground. All right, let's go to Exodus, the book of Exodus, and we are going to talk a little bit about the poster child of hard-heartedness. His name is Pharaoh. If you were to look up hard-heartedness, you might even see his picture. Okay? We're going to go to Exodus chapter 9, starting with verse 6. Exodus chapter 9 and verse 6. It said, the Lord did this thing... The next day, all kinds of livestock of Egypt died, but the livestock of the Israelites, not one died. Everybody say, not one died. I'm telling you, you may know people with COVID, but COVID ain't coming to you. Amen? And if it did, God will restore you. God will heal you. God's in the healing business. Amen? Amen? So, the cattle in Egypt died. The cattle in where Israel was, which was Goshen, was alive. Not one died. Okay? That's God's will. You know, God distinguishes his people between the world. We ought to be different. Say, I'm different. Say, I'm peculiar. Amen. How'd you get that way? God made you different. See, when you got born again, you broke the cycle of bad thinking. And now you can, you can, you can get into good thinking. The way you were supposed to think. We were supposed to think like this. This is how Adam thought before he fell. Everything that Adam lost, Jesus won. Jesus took us back to the garden. He showed us how it should be. He, he he demonstrated the possibility of what we could be. Amen? So look at verse 7. Then Pharaoh sent men to investigate. Not even one of the livestock of the Israelites had died, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. Amplified says his mind was firmly set. And he did not let the people go. Even with the information that he got from his advisors that went and checked out the situation, he would refuse to change his heart. He refused to change his mind. He had no interest in doing what God said. And his heart... Now, I know that the King James says God hardened his heart. God's not in the hardening business. What that means is... He allowed Pharaoh to choose, and Pharaoh chose to make his heart hard, so God allowed his heart to be hard because Pharaoh chose it. Anybody who has a hard heart chose to be that way. You didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, my heart is hard. How did it get that way? No, you chose. Willful disobedience. Willful resistance to his voice. Continually saying no, no, no when God speaks. That is going to make your heart hard. Okay. A mind that is not focused on God or His kingdom will lead to a hard heart. If you're not kingdom minded, you're you're something else minded. What are, what are the options? You're worldly minded then. If you're not kingdom minded, you're or you're religion minded. Did you know Jesus did not come to set up a religion? He came to reestablish a relationship. Religion was not in the mind of God. I know people call Christianity a religion, but it's not. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Why do you lump Christianity with Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism? No. All those other things are religion. We got the real thing. We got the way to God. We got the way to the throne room. We've been given the keys to the throne room. We can go into the throne room anytime we want to. Any day, it doesn't matter. We have access to the throne of God. Your mind has a great effect on your life. Because Pharaoh never went or accepted God's will he ended up being destroyed right if you remain if you let your heart remain hard and you never soften it it will destroy you okay to be hardened is the word kabod it means to be heavy it means to be weighty or burdensome it means To have a weight of misfortune, it's heavier than sand. It means insensible, dull. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you don't have a hard heart. Do you realize that hard heartedness is the result, is the cause of divorce? The Bible says so. It's because of hard-heartedness yeah. that Moses even had to write a law about it. Because one person in the, in the scenario is hard. They're unwilling to change. Yeah. And divorce is not the unpardonable sin, by the way, either. Amen. So if you are divorced, don't feel condemned. Amen. God doesn't want you in certain situations. Yeah. God did not make you a doormat to be stepped, trampled on, stomped on. No way. He made you a king and a priest. He elevated you. It was Jesus who restored the dignity to the woman. Come on, somebody. Ladies, that was a good place to say amen right there. Religion took away the dignity of a woman, but Jesus restored it. He gave women authority and power. Hallelujah. But religion, it doesn't want to do that. So Pharaoh was hard hearted because he was unwilling to listen. Did he have opportunity to listen? At least more than 10 times. Right? I mean, not only was he hearing, let my people go, he was seeing God's power in operation. He was a witness. to the, Even his advisors said, they, they tried to make gnats and couldn't make gnats. They said, this is the hand of God. You know, the devil can't even make gnats. He's the Lord of flies, but he can't make nets. We got a God who can make nests. Ha ha ha! Devil, you can't do that. <laughs> Pharaoh's unrenewed mind could not discern what was right and wrong. He couldn't tell the difference. Okay, I'm talking to you about the perils of an unrenewed mind, so that it'll make you want to renew your mind. After today's sermon, say, I'm gonna renew my mind. Amen all pharaoh saw was his own way all he could hear was his own stinking thinking even if they were even if he was presented with factual information he didn't change his mind didn't change his heart he stood in opposition with god let me tell you something <laughs> if you oppose god you're going to lose you will not win Ask Moses when you get to heaven. Say, Moses, what was it like when you were telling God why you couldn't do what He told you to do? Amen. And God started to get angry. Read that story. The more excuses that Moses gave, the angrier God got. Of why He, because basically, when you tell God, "No, I'm not going to do that," you're telling Him that He lied. God's not a liar. Amen. Pharaoh was an idol worshiper, and he also received worship from people. People thought Pharaoh was a god. So he thought, I'm going to do my way no matter what. I don't care what comes against me. I don't care what stands against me. I'm going to do my way. And Well, you go for it, pal. You're, you're going to be destroyed. It's not going to go well for you if you don't renew your mind. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew Henry said this, he said, God wanted Israel released, Pharaoh opposed it. the trial was, whose word will stand? I mean, how many know God's, God's word is going to stand? All right. Uh, a hard heart, according to Exodus 10.1, is determined and unresponsive. Determined and unresponsive. In other words, you might think of it as Cold. Chilling, you know. Um, someone who is employed as an assassin—they got to be pretty cold, right? Because you're you're hired to take people's lives. Think about that. Cold, undetermined, and unresponsive. In Exodus uh, fourteen four, a hard heart is stubborn. Now I know that there are no stubborn people here at VCF. You, you just do things the first time you're told to do them, right? You never have to be told again and again and again, amen? Defiant so that, you know, you got to be pretty defiant to try to go follow a people through the Red Sea that you didn't know was open for you and it wasn't open for him, amen? Amen? So Pharaoh defined God so much that he led his army into the Red Sea and they drowned. Not only did Pharaoh's life destroy, but his unrenewed mind destroyed his army. Think about the condition that Egypt was left in. When they they had no army, they had no leader, they were messed up for a while. All because of one person's hard-heartedness, unwilling to change their mind. Say, thank God I'm not like Pharaoh. (laughs) Amen. The more miracles that were performed, the harder his heart grew or became. Right? Deuteronomy 2.30, a hard heart is unwilling to cooperate with God and his people. I don't want to play with God. I'm my own man. You are? Really? I'm my own woman. Really? You know, there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. Millionaires make their money with help. Come on. If you own a factory, you've got workers working for you, and making you product, making you money. You didn't make the product yourself. Come on. Amen. If you, if you're a millionaire, praise God, you didn't get there on your own. You got there with help. Amen. What about, you know, people who got a big inheritance? Well, someone gave them the money. Amen? All right. First Samuel six six. Let's go, let's go there. First Samuel six six. It says a hard heart well why then do you harden your hearts? Amplified says, Allowing pride to cause your downfall. Whose mind is your mind? Does it belong to anybody else? Can anybody else control your mind? I mean, maybe under hypnosis, which is an ungodly thing, but really you come out of it. Who's? Listen, who has control of your mind? I do. You do. I don't control your mind. You don't control my mind. You control your own mind. Right? Why do you think God tells us, We should allow things into our mind and not allow other things into our mind. The Bible is clear about that. Think on these things. Don't think on these things. Right? Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Did you know that you can allow Christ's mind to be in you? You can have Christ's mind. The Bible said so. Alright? Just as the Egyptians... And Pharaoh hardened their hearts. When he had severely dealt with them and mocked them, did they not allow the people of Israel to go and they departed? I mean, look at the lengths that God had to do to get his people out from the constraints of an unrenewed mind. He had to show miracles and miracles and miracles before the mind gave in. Amen? Amen? And that was part of the plan because every miracle that God did was an idol that Egypt worshipped. So he was really revealing himself as the one true God. Amen? The reason God does miracles is he reveals himself as the one true God. Right? Miracles are part of the things that testify who Jesus is. It testifies of his deity. Amen? Hallelujah. You can think of other people who had a hard heart. The prodigal son. I want my inheritance now. Now, 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 now. Right? The father was so good. He gave it to him. And I'm sure the, the Bible doesn't record, but maybe he gave it to him with some warnings. You know? But he had to have it now. You know, sometimes if you have to have it now, you might get into unwanted debt. That you didn't plan on. Right. Yeah. See, wanting it now is a mindset of pleasing the flesh. Come on, somebody. So now you're telling on them, pastor. But the prodigal son, he had to have a change of mind before he could get out of the pig pen. Something happened in him. Where he realized, listen, my father's servants has it better than I do. See, here's the good thing. If your mind is not renewed, you can change it today. That's the good news. Amen? We have a mind that can be changed. We are not stuck in the pig pen. (laughs) Hallelujah. How about Nebuchadnezzar? You know? He wouldn't let go of his pride. And he's, walk, and he was told several times, listen, if you don't let go of this pride, you, you, you're not going to want the consequences. But he said, look at the kingdom that I built, the stuff that I did, the stuff that I made. Boom. He was eating grass like a cow. His hair started to grow long. His nails grew long. His, his, he grew fur on him. He was out in the field from the throne to the field eating grass like a cow. That's where an unrenewed mind will take you. If you don't renew your mind every day, you could end up like that. I mean, these are extreme circumstances. But that was only for a season. You know what? After he got done eating grass, he said, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship God. You know, a period of eating grass will change your mind. Amen? Amen? But why do you have to get why do you, why does it have to be so extreme? Why not change your mind when God first start, starts talking to you? Why don't we just say yes, Lord. I'll do that. Yes, Lord, whatever you want. Yes, Lord, I'm yours to command. Are you God's to command? Does God have the right to command you for whatever? That's how we need to be. We need to be God's to command. Amen. Why? He is Lord and we're not. Right. When you got born again, you confessed that he was Lord. You, you said, I'm not Lord, you're Lord. Right? You gave him the right to be Lord over your life. He was Lord anyway, but now he has influence over you when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. And how about Herod? Whew. Herod, man, I'm going to kill every baby. Two years old and younger, every male child. That's a messed up mind right there. His mind was influenced by evil. All right. Let's go to um let's go to Mark chapter eight. Mark chapter eight. Listen, if your mind is not thinking the way it should be, the good news is you can change. Say, I'm not stuck. Mark chapter 8 and verse 14. (laughs) Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod, or the false teaching. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. Jesus could care less if they had any bread or not. I mean, if Jesus needs bread, he can make bread. He rained manna from heaven. But you see, when your mind is not renewed, you're very dull to perceive spiritual things. Okay? He's teaching them a lesson and they're thinking about bread. We forgot the bread. Oh, no. Verse 16, they reasoned among themselves. Uh-oh. They're only... They're only drawing from natural realm, okay? They reasoned or they discussed among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not understand? Have you, he said, have your heart yet hardened? A hard heart will hinder you from understanding spiritual truths. Jesus is talking about leaven. He's not talking about the yeast. He's talking about the false teaching, and they're thinking yeast. They're thinking bread. Because their hearts were hardened. And they were hanging out with Jesus. So a hard heart will hinder your understanding. All right? Verse 18. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said 12. Did God have a problem making bread? No. So bread wasn't even the issue, but he was using a natural thing to talk about a spiritual truth, which he did often. Do you know that God uses natural things? You know, if you can't understand the spiritual truth, he'll tell you a story about sheep and about grain. And if you can understand the sheep and the grain, how they work, you can understand how the kingdom works. If you can understand natural things, you can understand spiritual things, but you've got to have a heart to understand. Do you have a heart to understand? You know, see, the natural man, he will not pursue God. But... People in the natural, they want the blessings of God, but they don't want to pursue God. See, as a Christian, we need to pursue God. Our goal as a Christian is to get to know God. Amen? Once you know God, the benefits will come. Don't seek the benefit before the benefit benefit giver. In other words, if you're sick, don't spend all your focus seeking the healing. Get to know the healer. And healing will come. Get to know the provider. Provision will come. Get to know the Savior. Salvation will come. Amen? We we got to know God. Christianity is about pursuing God. Jesus said, if you know me. Amen? It's about abiding in him. Knowing him. We're supposed to increase in our knowledge of God. Some Christians have been in church for years and they've never even read the Bible through. Come on, we've got to get with the program. Reading the Bible is the only way you can renew your mind. Well, I'm not a good reader. God can heal you. God made people speak who couldn't speak. He made people walk who couldn't walk. He made people hear who couldn't hear. And if you can't read, God can make you read. There are no excuses for not reading the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. You ought to bring your Bible to church. Don't, listen, having it on the screen is nice, but that's not your crutch. Don't rely just on the screen. Come on. We, we got phones, we got tablets, we got books. I, I carry a Bible in my backpack. Plus, I got the Bible on my iPad. I got the Bible on my phone. I got lots of Bibles. In other words, wherever I go, the Bible's with me somehow. Because if I need to reference it, I can. Amen? Why Why did God give us the book in the first place? This is not a paperweight. This is the most... Practical, applicable, powerful solution to every area of life that you will ever have and find. It works all the time. It is from God himself. It is from the heart of God to us. Jesus was the word made flesh. He was the embodiment of the scriptures in a body. Hallelujah. Verse 19, all right, we read that. Verse 20, and when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? All right? Let's, uh, a hard heart fails to obtain what it seeks. If you have a hard heart, you will not be able to obtain what you're seeking until you have a change of heart. And how many know God came to give us a new heart? He'll remove the heart of stone and he'll give us a heart of flesh. Amen. God will give you a heart of compassion if you're not inclined to compassion. God will give you a heart to understand if you're not inclined to understanding. God will give you whatever kind of heart you need. Amen. Amen. He gave it to us in the Word. You know, you can't renew your mind if you replace your knee. You can't renew your mind if you replace your hip. You've got to renew your mind by putting things in your mind. No other procedure will give you a new mind other than renewing your mind. You can't get a new mind from, you know, getting your elbow replaced. You can only get a new mind by you fellowshipping with the word. That's the only way that it'll come. You can't get a renewed mind anywhere else. You can't buy one. You can't you can't mine one. You can't borrow one. You can only get it from the Word of God. The only source to renew your mind is right here. <laughs> Amen. Look at Romans eleven seven. Romans eleven seven. This is pretty interesting. Romans 11. I, I, is this helping you today? I don't know about you, but I, I, I've had some stinking thinking over the years. And thank God for the people that God has put in my life to point out to me when some of my, stin- my thinking is stinking. Well, there's a stench in the atmosphere. It's your thinking. <laughs> Who, well, your thinking just really changes the atmosphere. <laughs> but I've discovered that I'm not going to behave differently until I start thinking differently. Husbands, you want to treat your wives better? Find out what the Bible says about the marriage relationship. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Think about that. And if there's a problem, you know, you always got to deal with the head. (laughs) The head is the cause of the problem. I hate to break it to you guys. We're the head. And if you want to fix something in your marriage, you've got to fix you. Come on. I know that that's a hard truth, but it's true. I I will prove it to you. What did God say in the garden? Did he say, Eve, why did you do that? No, he dealt with the man. Because the man is supposed to be, the man was in the position of authority. All right? That doesn't mean he's a dictator. That doesn't mean he's an overlord. Right? But he is the representative of Christ. And he is supposed to love the woman that God gave him like Christ loves the church. But you can't do that with stinking thinking. You can't do that getting your information from Dr. Phil. You know, I, I, that just came up. Uh, I'm just talking about the world, right? Yes. Nothing against Dr. Phil. I mean, he might have some good things, but he represents the world. Why don't you go to Dr. Luke or Dr. Matthew or Dr. Mark or Dr. John, right? Or Dr. Paul or Dr. Jeremiah, <laughs> Dr. Isaiah. Come on. You got to get your information from here. Because what what, what's out here is can be... Is misconstrued. It doesn't actually represent the kingdom out here. This is the only thing that represents the kingdom. You want kingdom results? You gotta do kingdom information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, can we get on another subject, Pastor? <laughs> Why yes, I think we can. If you need a band-aid, we will pass it out at the end of the service. <laughs> I'm having fun today, huh? Romans eleven seven. What then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeks for, but the election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded or hardened. Amplified says it this way. A heart uh, fails to obtain what it seeks. It is callous and indifferent. God gave them a spirit of stupor. A spirit of stupor is a violent strike or a prick of bewilderment. It's which comes after being struck like falling into a mental stupor, a deep sleep, or insensibility. It's severe sorrow. And this happens because of how we... Value things in our mind and our heart. And I've already pointed out that naturally our heart and our, our brain, they're talking to each other. Well, our heart and our mind talk to each other too. Amen. Amen. And guess what? If your heart is right, you can override the, the wrong things in your mind. Right. Amen. So, hallelujah. You know, God said we're supposed to love God with all of our heart and our mind. We're supposed to love God with our mind and our heart and our body, our hands, our mind, our thoughts, and our heart, our spirit. We're supposed to love God with our entire being. Amen? And if you're only a natural thinking person, that repulses you. You have no desire to love God with your mind. But you've got to get over into the spirit. Amen. What kind of words did Jesus speak? John 663 6, 6 said, the words that I speak are spirit. Say God's word is spiritual food. It's spiritual information. If you want to get the spirit, you got to get God's word. Okay? All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is a picture of how we were before Christ. Can anyone remember how you were before Christ? For me, it was a long time ago. But every once in a while, that flesh just comes up to remind me. Has your flesh ever reminded you of what you used to be? Or what you used to do, right? Give him a piece of your mind. Give him a piece of your mind. Just give him a piece of your mind. You, you can't give too many pieces out. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord... That you henceforth, that's a powerful word, that means right now. Everybody say right now. From this moment on. You henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Walking is living. Okay? In the vanity of their what? Of their minds. Having the understanding darkened. Not being able to understand spiritual truths. Why? Because the light hasn't been turned on. You can't understand spiritual truths until the light enters you. And Jesus is the light. If you've accepted Jesus, your light has been turned on. Your understanding is operational. Glory to God. Okay? Being alienated from the life of God. See, when, when we have an unrenewed mind, we're missing out on some things from God. Okay? Through the ignorance that is in it. What is ignorance? Not knowing. I didn't know. I didn't know that God wants me rich. So I never thought that being rich, but God wants me rich. I mean, when you discover these things in the Word, it's like, wow! That's awesome. I didn't know that, but now I can have that. That's so cool. Amen? How many has ever read the word that way? There were some time I'll, I'll never forget sitting in New Testament survey. And we read Galatians 3.29. And that scripture just went to me. It, exp- I mean, I saw that. And I was like, Pastor Pishka's me?" I didn't have no clue, but I was so excited about it. Because God spoke that to me. It it was alive to me. Where do you think we got the phrase, inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits, from that class back in, in the 90s? Amen? God spoke that to me in that class. I remember it like it was yesterday. Because of the blindness of their what? What's the next word? So your mind and your heart, if you get your mind right, your heart becomes right. Amen? You are not an old dog, which means you can learn new tricks. Aren't you glad for that? We have the ability to learn new things. We can take in new information. The Holy Spirit can teach us. His job is to bring us into all truth. Glory to God. Notice verse 19. Who being past feeling. Okay? Let's just look at this for a minute. Okay? We're not supposed to walk as Gentiles walk. He's telling us how Gentiles walk. How Gentiles think. How Gentiles act, behave, and speak. Having their... The vanity of their mind, they're, they're limited by their own knowledge of things, their own experience. Amen? If you're, if you're walking by that, you're living a substandard life. Okay? Their understanding is darkened. They're alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Being past feeling, having given themselves over to lasciviousness. Just do whatever you want to do, flesh. I'm taking the law off and you can have your way. And the flesh is like uh home alone. You know, he thinks the first day of being alone is like a party until he eats too many ice cream. He goes, oh, right. You give your flesh away. You give your flesh full freedom to do whatever it wants. It will not be good. It will not be good. It will bring about pain. Yeah. Eat the whole pie. But then wait for the effects. You know, I just I just heard a story. I, have you ever seen Man versus Food? Well, the guy who used to do that, he did it for about four years and stopped because of the physical problems that he was getting. He would de- eat these hot, super hot things, these large amount things in like a certain time. And he'd go to different places, you know, and, and eat all these things. It's called man versus food. It caused physical problems because he was overindulging the flesh. Your flesh does not have your best interests at heart. Your spirit does, because your spirit's born again. Your spirit can hear from God. Amen? All right? Verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. That's the anointing. If so, be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Say, the truth is in Jesus. You're not going to find the truth anywhere else. It's in Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Okay? Okay? Uh that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Put off the l- old lifestyle. Everybody say, live differently. God expects you to live differently, but in order to live differently, you've got to think differently. You've got to renew your mind. You can't build a new house with old junk. You need some fresh lumber. You need some fresh paint, some good drywall that's not moldy, hallelujah. The the drywall we had in the world was moldy. we got to get some new stuff that's mold free so that it's solid. It'll hold up. It'll cause me to build as high as I need to build because I'm laying the foundation. I'm getting good stuff. I'm getting good stuff from the word. You don't want to buy junk and build a new house. You want to use fresh stuff, proven stuff. It's got the stamp of quality assurance on it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God stamped his word with quality assurance. You can build your life on this. This is fresh, good stuff. This is the truth. It will last. Nothing has a guarantee on it like God's word does. God's word is will outlast time. God's word is forever settled in heaven. It's so good, it's so perfect, you don't need any changes to it. There's no additives to it. Glory to God. What a better source to renew your mind with than the word of God. Notice, put off the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. What do you think a deceitful lust will lead you to? Error. It'll cause you to stray from God. It's deceitful. It says one thing and does another. And then verse 23. And be renewed. Where? In the spirit of your mind. In the spirit of your mind. Amen? Say it's time to make a change. I'm starting with my mind. Out with the old, in with the new. Hallelujah. You know, some of you that may have been dealing with sickness, maybe you just need to try a different thing. You've been trying it the old way, now you can try it the new way. What's the new way? Say, God? Is there. No, I'm not asking to make a confession. (laughs) But I appreciate your responsiveness. That's really awesome. (laughs) No, what I'm saying is, you say, God, can I approach this differently? You know, not every battle is won the same way. You've got to get God's fresh insight and fresh perspective for this battle. Because this battle is going to be different from this battle. Even though the enemy might look the same. See, because here's the thing about Satan. He does nothing new. Every, every way that Satan attacks you is the way he's attacked you before. He can only come at you uh, through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. Three things. He uses fear, intimidation, and pressure. He doesn't change his tactics. He just makes himself look bigger than what he was, like a blowfish. But he's really a stay-puff marshmallow man. You can poke him in the belly and just pop him, right? You can pop the devil. Amen? Because all the devil can do, his only weapon is deception. He, he can't come up with anything new. Every temptation. Three categories. Every temptation. Every year. Doesn't matter. It's going to come in those three forms. It'll attack those areas. Satan's not new. But our God, he does a new thing in the earth amen he's a creator he's he's got an imagination he he is creative I mean look at the cre- look at the flowers look at the trees look at people God is creative not one fingerprint the same not one eye print the same hallelujah glory to God our God is a creator he does different things so what you got to do is you got to have a little talk with God if you're facing this battle. If this is a battle that you faced before, how are you going to fight it now? You can't fight it like you fought it before. you got to go before God, and you got to ask him, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do here? You know what? Make that a habit. Every time you face a new challenge, ask God, say, what do I need to do here? How do I need to win here? What do you want me to do here? Amen. Whenever you make a major decision, God, you, you spend some time in prayer. Seek God about it. You can't just go by what you see in the natural or what you hear in the natural. It could lead you astray. Yeah. Amen? Amen? But if we're renewing our minds, because an unrenewed mind will cause your heart to be hardened. And if you've allowed your heart to be hardened, it doesn't have to stay that way. Amen? Amen? The prodigal son was able to come home. Peter repented for saying he didn't know the Lord. Repentance is a very powerful thing in the kingdom of God. It's basically a divine reset. Repentance is first changing your thoughts. Then changing your actions. But it starts with your mind. It starts in your mind. You've got to change your thoughts. Amen? Renew. That means you've got to put something new in it. Amen? The old paint on the barn has fallen off. Paint the sucker. But you know, before you paint it, you've got to scrape the old paint off. You can't just paint over the the scrape because otherwise the paint won't stick. you got to clear out the old stuff. This is what we're doing today. We are clearing out the old stuff today. If there is anything old in you today, you can be free. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. You have a new and fresh anointing to go forward. If you're here this morning and you want to make something new, I'm not going to ask you what you want to make new. I'm just going to give you the opportunity to make it new. And by coming up, you're you're saying, Lord, I'm stepping out in faith and I'm going to make something new today. Amen? Amen. You can create something that was never been and it'll be better than it ever was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm asking you today if you need to make something new, I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. And I want you to step out in faith. There's no condemnation. Amen. But there is power to free you indeed. Amen. And if, 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 if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart, Amen. You're like, yeah, I need to change that. I need to change that. Some of you may have a lot of things to change. Some of you just may need to make a little changes. You know, some of the little adjustments make the biggest rewards. Amen. it it produces the greatest results. You know, Paul thought he was doing God's will by persecuting the church. He thought that that's what God wanted him to do. So he did it passionately. He did it vigorously, right? So he's out there persecuting people. He's taking people who follow Jesus, putting them in prison. He's beating them, and he's watching them die. Until he meets the truth. He's going to Damascus to persecute people. To incarcerate Christians. And he encounters the truth. The truth is right there on the way to Damascus. And the truth tells him, Paul, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you doing this? This is not what I called you to do. This is not what I created you to do. And Paul was blinded. What did Paul see? He saw a light. Light was dealing with Paul's darkness. Paul had a darkened mentality that he thought persecuting Christians was the way that he was supposed to do. My assignment is to kill Christians. I'm not a Christian. (laughs) No, I'm just... Until he met the truth. And what did Paul do? 3 days he decided he was going to follow the truth and instead of persecuting people he started preaching he started planning churches he started prophesying amen and from the from that moment on to the day he died he never persecuted again and that change because he encountered the light that dealt with his darkness he embraced the light I'm asking you to embrace the light today. I'm asking you to come forward. I know it's the, the, the enemy. He does everything that he can to keep you in your seat. He says, well, what are people going to think? What are they going to think of you? Don't worry about what he tells you. He's a liar. I'm telling you, if you want God, if you want to make something new today, you come forward right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe God's going to touch you. He's going to make some power. God's power is readily available. Glory to God. And if you don't feel like you need to come up, that's okay. This is not for everybody. But it's for those that know that they need to make some changes. And you're coming up here in faith. You're saying, I'm going to make those changes. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to pursue God's will with all my heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want everyone up here just raise up your hands and close your eyes. And I want you to begin to cry out to God, right?